0: Thank you, Lord. We praise you for, your, for how you would forgive us, how you would love us so much that you would send your Son, Jesus, to die in our place, God. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor, Lord. We recognize that you are worthy of our attention, of our affections this morning, Lord. Speak to our hearts, God. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 so what does jesus have to say about going after him with all of our heart matthew chapter 7. why don't you be praying for our daughter she uh, is coming back she back tuesday but the doctor that she got her covid test on the plane he wanted to make a little money off her and she got a negative test and he put positive so that uh, he could get some more money out of her when she had to get retested and those things but they got it all worked out she has missed her flight and costs money and all those kind of things but life moves on doesn't it life moves on matthew chapter 7 this really goes uh against religion that's in a box religion in a box the conventional you know what is normally done what is recognized as the way it is what uh is understood by everybody, Uh, those normal uh, uh, science principles, I guess, uh, the way things are, you know, in social dynamics and things, we have to constantly take a look at what we're believing, what we're practicing, what we understand to be right, what we're comfortable with, because if we are going to experience what God has for us, it's always going to be Uh, really stretching that conventional thought. You know, the conventional Christianity, the conventional thought about Christianity is be a good person, be moral, go to church. Certainly that's part of the equation. Be affable. You know, you got to be just kind of easygoing, approachable, nice, uh, you know, have some some concern, compassion about you and but conventional mindset conventional understanding is uh be religious and be moral and be christianized but just don't get carried away with the jesus stuff don't get carried away with it within reason i mean kind of see how everybody is in the church and just kind of fit in with them and 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 that'll be the way it ought to go i went got my annual checkup this week and uh, the doctor was talking with me and asked me questions and he asked if I got the virus and I said yeah I got it back in January so well, how'd it go for you I said it went pretty good he said I said uh, I just had real mild symptoms I was tired and had a headache but I said but I took ivermectin and uh, he's kind of smiled and uh, he said you you did huh I said oh yeah I took ivermectin. I said, I I got me some horse ivermectin now. I'm ready to go. Anytime I'll take it on down. And he just kind of smiled and, and I was just, you know, I knew I was a little honry, but he was about to get 175 bucks out of me, so I figure I was deserving something, you know, for my for my situation. And uh, he smiled, see, I've heard about it. I've read articles on it, and you're not the first patient I've had that said that they took ivermectin. And I said, yeah, I know it's outside of the box. It's not what he's, yeah, we, we don't. He said, I don't prescribe dog dewormer. And I said, well, it'd be nice if y'all could. He just got a smile. Didn't say anything. I let it be because he's a real nice doctor, and he was about to do things with me that I didn't want him upset with me when he went about <laughs> doing those things. So I just, I just let it go. But, you know, you've got that conventional medicine, right? This is the way it is. And if there is something out there that possibly is a good remedy for whatever is going on, oh, you can't do that. And that same mindset, that same way of thinking, that same conventional rule deal can be part of Christianity. Can be part of Christianity. Now, that's not the Lord's work. Why? That Lord didn't do that. Why? Because that's not our understanding. Hmm. So, if the Lord does something that we've never seen before, if the Lord does something that we've never experienced, it can't be of the Lord. That's right. We've got, everyone's got to be okay with it. It's got to be within our reason. It's got to be within our understanding. We just can't allow ourselves to experience anything that takes us beyond what we've already experienced. Wow. If we're not careful, we'll get in that rut. We'll be in that trap. And, and I'm not talking about things that are anti-Scripture or things that God is not for, right? I'm talking about just things that we've never experienced. If we have a conventional mindset then we are going to discount those things. We're not going to seek those things. We're not going to glorify God in those things because they're outside of our box. But the truth of the matter is, if we experience what God wants us to experience, it's going to be outside the box. It's going to be outside of our conventional thinking. It's going to be different than we've ever experienced before, because after all, he is God. And why in the world would God want to only work within our understanding? Well, that doesn't glorify him. If if God only does things that's within our understanding of how God is, then he doesn't receive the glory and he doesn't require faith in our part. And what the Lord wants from us is that we live by faith. And so there's got to be some unconventional opportunities that god is going to provide and this scripture here today says do not be conformed to the conventional be transformed to the supernatural okay so just think about that for a moment do not be conformed to the conventional be transformed to the supernatural to the things that only god can do so matthew chapter 7 verse 7 these are the words of jesus Ask, and it will be given to you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. There's a cause and effect here, isn't there? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Verse 8, for everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. So, if you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. And if you knock, the door will be opened for you. Those are the words of Jesus. Verse 9, he says, Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? Now, he says, look, which one of you parents there are going to mistreat your children? Which one of you parents out there are going to be just unresponsive to your kids? The the fact of the matter is, is this. Every parent loves to see their children flourish. Unless they're a sociopath or psychologically deranged or something like that, every parent wants children, every good parent, every reasonable parent wants their children to do well. And so if the child asks something and and the parent deems it a good thing, right, the parent's going to do everything they can to help that child get what they want. If if the child comes home and says, I want to make an A in algebra this this time, that parent's going to be okay with that, right? And he goes, let's let's probably get you a tutor if you can't do the math, right? You want your kid to flourish. You want your kid to do well. And that's the mindset. And Jesus says, which one of you, if your son asks for bread, are going to give him a rock? If, If your child asks for a fish, are you going to give him a snake? Well, of course not. That's not normal. That's not reasonable. Verse 11 says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? So if if you being evil, you being a human, plagued by flesh, are going to give good things to your parents, how much more is that true of God when His children ask, seek, and knock? Well, of course you're going to give good things. Now, this scripture, in my opinion, is not teaching the name-it-claim-it philosophy that's in the body of Christ today. And there's churches that teach that, said if you'll speak something to, into existence, it'll be there. Now, that somehow or another to me says that you somehow or another you can convince god of your own will and it's going to happen in my opinion jesus is not saying that here he's not saying according to first john 5 that if we ask anything according to his will god by his nature is not going to do something that is contrary to what he wants and so the seeking asking the asking seeking knocking has to be according to his will now if you speak something into existence and it's his will that's god's business there you go you've got it but you it's not a name it claim it mindset that you have today but there is however there is a connection between our doing something and his response so there is a cause and effect jesus does say here that if you ask you will receive he does say that if you seek you will find he does say here that if you knock it will be open to you so i think that this is saying to us that god has much out there that he has planned for us but if we're going to experience what he has out there We must go through him. And going through him means asking, seeking, and knocking. It means pursuing him. It means going after him. Jesus, after all, said, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Now, rightfully, in that passage there, we think that he's speaking about worry. He's thinking thinking about peace of mind. Because that's previous in that scripture so if we seek first the kingdom of god all these things will be added to you that i believe there's a very good chance there's a real possibility that god has a great deal he has warehouses full of experiences that he's just waiting on his children to ask seek and knock have you ever heard someone say They responded to that need because someone asked. Someone asked. And when someone asked, they saw the opportunity to respond to that need. Now, they said, you know, I thought about helping. I thought about responding. But there was just no connection there to do that. But after they asked, then I responded. And so that's his heart. Now, asking, seeking, and knocking is not pestering God. Many people look at this scripture and say, ask, seek, and knock, I mean, beat the Lord's door down. Well, you've got to be careful with that. It's not pestering Him. We must honor, respect, and approach God with humility. So asking, seeking, and knocking is more like that, like this. If it pleases the Lord. Lord, if you are pleased with this. You are almighty, you are all powerful, you're all-powerful, you're all-knowing, you're holy, and, and, and I'm approaching you with humility, if it pleases the Lord. Lord, I accept your will, and I recognize that your will is always best and right for me. Lord, I don't want anything that's apart from your will, because I know what you have for me is best, and what you have for me is right. I'm accepting. And so we pray, we, we ask, we seek, and we knock with an accepting spirit to the Lord, whatever you, the Lord has to give. That's not pestering God. You pester God, he says, God, I'm claiming this in the blood of Jesus. You've got to come through because I'm announcing it by faith. That's pestering. But being receiving from a humble heart, It's not pestering. It's not negotiating with God. If you ask, seek, and knock enough, God will give in and He will do what you want. Many people believe that. That's not what this is. This is not manipulating God. This is not negotiating with God. We are simply asking God to work according to His plan, to His will. And it's not our will over his will. So we have the Lord Jesus telling us to ask, seek and knock. If we ask, seek and knock, we'll discover those things in that giant warehouse that has our name on it. That we're not going to receive unless we ask, seek and knock. So if we go about our business and we just conform to conventional religion. And if our Christianity is just being a good person, just going through the motions, just doing the right things, being moral, and and, and going to church and being pleasant and respectful and all those kind of things, there's going to be things in our warehouse that the door is not open for us to receive. There's going to be experiences that we're not going to get to experience. But if we ask, seek, and knock, we are going to receive it, We are going to uh, receive it. We are going to have it. We are going to have those doors open to us. Why would God be any other way? Verse 11 says. After all, if you be an evil, give good things to your children. How much more would the father give us? So it's about pursuing God. So if you're bored with your Christianity, if, if you're conventional minded and you realize that, that you have not really truly found that you have experienced anything you know, transformational from the Lord in a long time, if you can't really think about any true answers to prayer, if, if you can't really say that you've experienced some things of late that only God can do, then the answer, according to Jesus, is asking, seeking, and knocking. Putting it in his hands. Letting him do what only he can do. And moving forward with that. That'll remove the burden from your Christianity. That'll remove the boredom. Now, you may begin to be bothered in some ways. You may be walking down a path and you experience some vulnerability that you haven't experienced before. There may be some crisis of belief that come along the way. They most certainly will. There may be some things that you come to the edge of the cliff and, and you don't know any answer to you being okay if you take a step off that you're completely trusted in the Lord, but that's asking, seeking, and knocking. And only in that way, because God then is glorified, that we begin to see the things that only God can do so it's pursuing god it's like this let's suppose that you receive from the lord you're asking seeking and knocking and the lord says that he wants you to go to dallas okay now you're not quite sure why you're going to dallas you just believe the lord wants you to go to dallas so how do you do it well you get in your vehicle and you head towards dallas You leave Alito. you go get on the interstate, and you head east because that's the way. You go to Dallas. Now, if your car breaks down, you get out and you start running towards Dallas or you start walking towards Dallas if your car breaks down. Now, you go as far as you can go if your feet start hurting. And you start getting blisters on the bottom of your feet. Then you get out on your hands and knees, and you keep on heading east. And the further you go on your hands and knees, you start getting blisters on your knees and sores on your knees, and you start getting blisters in your hand. Then what you do is you face Dallas, and you fall towards Dallas. That's asking, seeking, and knocking. That's hearing the message from the Lord as you're asking, that's seeking and knocking, seeing which door he's going to open up. And if the Lord says for you he wants you to go to Dallas, then everything within your power, you go towards Dallas. There may be obstacles along the way. Your car breaks, your feet get hurt, your knees get all messed up, you can't crawl anymore, but so you just stand up and you fall in that direction. That's asking, seeking, and knocking. The Lord has spoken to you. The Lord has addressed you about something. The Lord has guided you in some way, and you just go that direction. That's belief. That's faith. You see, he never fully explains everything to us. We have illustration after illustration of that in the Bible. Abraham didn't know everything before he left for wherever God was going to take him. He didn't have an understanding of how he was going to be the father of a great nation. I mean, how can this just sheep herder from the middle of nowhere, the heir of the Chaldees, go to a new land across harsh territory? I mean, dry territory, limited water. And yet he just went day by day, asking, seeking, and knocking. And the Lord opened the doors as the Lord chose to. And so what did Abraham Abraham experience? He experienced a brand new life. Because he was asking, seeking, and knocking. Moses is the same way. Moses, when he was called to lead the people out of Egypt, he didn't even know how he was going to deal with Pharaoh. The only information that Moses had was, I'll speak. I'll take care of Pharaoh for you, Moses, God said. And and Moses just showed up and did day by day what the Lord told him to do: asking, seeking, knocking. The Lord told him to face Dallas and follow that direction, and he and he set the people free. There's no, there's no illustrations, there's no examples in the Bible where God sat someone down and said, here are all the things I'm going to do in your life. He doesn't do that. He may give some promises, he may say, this is the end result, which that happens with with many, but he he just doesn't unload all the information. And what the Lord wants from us is every single day, we keep asking, we keep seeking, and we keep knocking, And we keep going the direction that God wants us to go. And when we go that direction and we have the doors open, that we find the things that God wants for us, that he gives us what he wants to give us, we can take all those experiences and all those things and we can look back and by looking back, we can begin to paint a portrait of what God's will is for our lives. But the conventional wisdom is, don't go that way. The conventional church is, just stay safe. Stay within what we understand. Just value your morality and that you're a good person. And and leave all those things to the crazy people. But But he's got a warehouse for you. I mean, there's a lot to be found in there because he says, you will be given, you will find, and it will be open to you. So the Lord has a bunch of spiritual treasures out there for us. Now, 90% of everything the Lord wants us to do, he's already told us. 90%, at least 90%. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that, that's just my thinking, okay? Okay. So nine out of 10 decisions that we'll ever make are already laid out for us. We pray, we forgive, we love, we love our enemies. Jesus says, what good is it to love only the people that love you? You love your enemies. We pray for them, we bless them, we help them, right? And so we, we, we share, we make disciples, we share the gospel. We, we go into our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, into the other most parts of the world. We already know what we are to do. We forgive. We greet one another. We take care of each other. When someone has a need, we meet the need. We help people. We strengthen them. We guide them. We are to be connected to each other. We are to be part of the body of Christ. We are not to forsake the assembling of the saints. We are to gather when the times are open. We know what to do. And so asking, seeking, and knocking on the things that he wants us to do is is not the key it's not what we do we do what the lord tells us to do that ten percent however is most likely where most of the asking seeking the knocking come into play the ten percent the ten percent of lord we have done this we have positioned ourselves we've been faithful we have been obedient and we are following the things that we know for sure you've asked us to do but but here's someone that doesn't know the lord Here's a need that's out there. Here's a sickness that is here. Here's an obstacle that's in the way that we can't move. Lord, you know, where do we go? How do we go? Where do we live? What kind of job do we have? Where, where Do we move? Do we stay? You know, do we go and do ministry in this place or this place? or Because there are needs everywhere. And all those difficult decisions are part of that 10%. And so 10% of the time, we have real difficult decisions decisions to make that's where asking seeking and knocking come in there are a few things to 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 analyze the things that you believe that god might be wanting you to do does the idea or the thought keep surfacing does it keep on coming up you just can't get away from it in other words you're reminded of it when you drive down the road you talk with someone and they ask you a question about something and it reminds you of the idea of the thought that you keep receiving from the lord perhaps does the idea or thought honor god does it glorify god is it something that only god can do why would he call us to do something in that 10 percent that something that that doesn't honor him well that makes no sense whatsoever because the very purpose of our lives is that we bring glory to Him. And so that 10%, the things that He's going to want us to do that's going to require us asking, seeking, knocking, and for God's hand to be at work there are always going to be something that that honor Him. It's something that really is outside that conventional box. Does the idea or thought align with Scripture? Or does it contradict? He's not going to ask us to do anything that contradicts with Scripture. Right. I remember many years ago, a fellow walked up to me and we were talking about things. He says, man, he said, I really believe it's the Lord's will for me to divorce my wife. And I said, no, it's not. It's not the Lord's will. But but we got irreconcilable differences where you may have irreconcilable differences, but it's not the Lord's will. You got there. All those differences came up along the way and this choices that you've made that's not god's will i i I really think the lord wants me to not forgive so-and-so you gotta be kidding me where do you get that from well you know because of the situation i just don't i'm just not going to have to forgive them well that that's not the lord's will no he says forgive now you may not put yourself in position for their hurt anymore right i mean you know you're going to keep if it's a real toxic thing then you may guard yourself against that relationship, but forgiveness is not an option for us. It glorifies God. And so, what God wants to do is go into align with Scripture. Does the idea or thought require you to move forward in faith, trusting the Lord, because it's something that only the Lord is able to do? So, the four things. Do you keep on thinking about it? You just can't get away from it. You know, if if the Lord keeps laying a ministry in your path, in your heart, you need to ask, seek, and knock. You need to keep on asking, seeking, knocking, and and seeing if the Lord opens that door to you. Because if it keeps reoccurring, it may be something the Lord wants you to do. Does the thought, the idea, honor God? Does the thought or idea align with Scripture? And, And will the thought that I require you to believe? To trust. There's no other way for it to work out. You put those things together. And you probably have a clear picture of one of the decisions you have to make in the 10% of life's decisions. And what do you do at that point? You ask, you seek, and you knock. And you see how fun it's going to be. You see how the Lord's going to open those doors for you. What would happen in your life if you prayed more? What would happen in your life if you prayed more and spent less time doing other things? What would happen? What would happen in your life if you really took seriously asking, seeking, and knocking? What are you going to do today? I'm going to ask, seek, and knock. I'm going to go to work, but I'm going to ask, seek, and knock. We're going to drive to the... uh, the coast, but along the way, I'm going to keep on asking, seeking, knocking. What would happen in your life if you prayed more and spent less time doing other things? What would happen in your life if, if perhaps you didn't watch as much TV and you spent more time praying? What would happen? What would happen in your life if, if, if you just came to the place in your life where you realize that, man, you're really stuck in a rut with conventional thinking? it's you've been conformed to the point where you want to be transformed you want your christianity to be something that it's not you you say you know i really honestly i don't think i've really experienced anything outside of what i'm able to do in a long long time and 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 i want to experience what god has for me i want to i want to see that spiritual uh storehouse a warehouse open up for me what would happen if you prayed more than you do now. Is there any area of your life that would suffer if you prayed more? I mean, you say, man, if, if I prayed more, then, man, you know, this part of my life would suffer. This part of my life would suffer. Really? No, of course not. No part of your life will suffer. So, if, if only good things might happen if you prayed more and you spent less time doing other things that you customarily do now and you spent more time praying now so asking seeking and knocking only spiritual things can happen and so you put that kind of those things together and you think about it it says what in the world would be holding me back (laughs) From asking, seeking, knocking. And just to take home with you, Jesus says, If you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. And if you knock, the door will be open." Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Give it a try. See if the Lord doesn't open up a storehouse for you. Help us, Lord, to be open to what your word says, to guide us, to lead us. May we experience the supernatural. May we experience the miracles. May we get to see the things that only you're able to do, Lord, as we're faithful in what you have assigned us to do. Help us, Lord, each of us to grow in asking, seeking, and knocking. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take up the offering and sing our final song.